Another episode of the Two Smart Dummies podcast. As always, I'm your host Marcus, and I'm your host B. Reed. Baby, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. But before we get started, I want to give a shout out to Chad Burns and the Chad Burns Show. He had me on for an interview. We talked about the Sixers. We talked about Kobe Bryant and his impact on the league. Good interview, man. You can go to our page. We have a link to it at the Two Smart Dummies, or you can check his page out at Chad Burns Show. But yeah, I'd have a link under this podcast too. Shout out, Chad Burns. All right, man. Um, a lot of news and notes in the NBA. We are in the middle of uh, the NBA trade deadline, which is tomorrow, probably today, by the time you listen to this podcast. Um, and, you know, really the NBA is just kind of getting back to business as usual. After the passing of Kobe Bryant, uh, people are trying to move on and, and, and you know, play out the season. Uh, a lot of crazy rumors out there. A lot of crazy actual shit happening. Uh, yeah. The New York Knicks are still a mess. It turns out. Yep. Uh, the Sixers are unhappy. Nope. What else is new? Yeah, yeah, man. They uh, so the New York Knicks fired their GM. Was it GM or general? No, the basketball operations. Which one was it? Steve Mills. Scott Mills. Yeah, Scott Mills. They fired Steve Scott Mills. Mills. Sorry. Steve, whatever his name is, he was trash. Everything that they're doing is trash. Even with the firing of Fisdale, they're still not playing their young talent. They're still trotting, you know, Todd Gibson out there every night and playing Reggie Bullock and not letting players like, you know, Mitchell Robinson, Damian Dotson play. So it'll be really interesting to see what they're doing at the trade deadline. Marcus Morris is a hot topic in NBA. Um, everyone thinks that he'll go to one of the L.A. teams. But I, I just don't know what this Knicks team is doing. They, they fire their GM right before the trade deadline. That's exactly Makes what I was going to say. No fucking sense. I, I have no clue what Dolan's doing, man. It's kind of like firing a GM right before a draft. I mean, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Now, I read uh, something that it, it has something to do with them them um, hiring some type of PR marketing agency. And they've been directly talking with James Dolan and has his ear kind of like Isaiah Thomas did back in the day, and they are kind of directing some of these moves that he's making. Yeah, and then you see the reports that they want to their next GM to be a former agent like Rob Palinka or um, uh, Homeboy in Golden State, and that's the model they want to go after now. And basically, you know, following the trends, not doing things that they should be doing on their own damn accord. Um, Copycat the, league, man. The 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 freaking the Knicks man the 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 Knicks are just a, a complete mess. I mean, like you said, they got nineteen power forwards, sixteen point guards that they don't play any of. Um, you know, at the at, at some point, do you think the NBA should just step in and be like, "Yo, this is a, our, one of the premier franchises in the largest city in the in the country, and y'all have been trash for twenty years." Um, I think we surpassed that point, though. I think they should have stepped in a long time ago and done something. I mean, every time it looks like the Knicks may be heading in the right direction, they just completely fall apart. My biggest thing with the Knicks is what I've said several times. I don't understand what they're doing, and they don't have a direction. It's one thing to be bad and be tanking, building towards the future. Because last year they had a lot of young talent. Everyone expected them to come back, build on that young talent, and build like that. They go and act like they're a veteran team trying to win now. Now they have one of the worst records in the league with a veteran team and still act like they're not willing to part ways with these old players. They're trying to get older players in. I I just have no clue the direction. It's hard for anybody on that team to understand the direction. I just don't know what they're doing, man. Yeah, I mean, it's a problem. And um, we'll see. Maybe maybe they, they nail their next GM search. Maybe they get a high draft pick to, you know, help pair with R.J. Barrett. Um, in a class that people, you know, scouts aren't particularly high on. Um, but I, I, what do you do if you're the Knicks? I mean, you you know, there are reports that they're going to basically write Masai Ujiri a blank check, which I think would be a good move. Yeah. Um, he's proven that he can build and rebuild. Um, the Raptors are still 
they're on pace to win 59 or 60 games this year with no Kawhi, with a ton of injuries. Uh, but, the, you know, you and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Just, it just goes to show the how good of a job that he and Nick Nurse have done in Toronto. Um, Did, so, didn't they go after him before, though, before he went to Tyron- Toronto? Did, wasn't they hot after him then? I don't think so. I know the, I know the Wizards were. Um, I thought they were I, in I play for Nick trying was. to get him also then before he went to Toronto. I'm not sure, Maybe. but I don't I don't know why anybody would sign on to this organization, period. I don't know why players would come there. I don't know why free agents. I don't know why coaches. I don't know why anybody would want to be attached to this organization. Um, so, enough about the Knicks. <laughs> no matter what they do, they're not going to be relevant this no. year. Um, what did you make of the spat between uh, Dylan Brooks, John Morant, and uh, Andre Iguodala, Steph Curry, um, if if you guys are out there listening and, and you missed it, um, Dylan Brooks made the comment that they can't wait to trade Andre Iguodala, um, so that they can play him and show him what Memphis is about. Now, as a Memphis fan, I love that shit. Yeah. Um, but you know, Steph Curry chimed in. Uh, you know, just kind of came up with the. He showed a he tweeted a picture of Andre Iguodala in his uh, Finals MVP. Uh, you know, so it went back and forth. What do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, I like it. I like the young fellas having pride for their team and taking up for their team. I mean, initially when Iguodala didn't want to play for them, everyone assumed that the Memphis Grizzlies were going to be tanking. They weren't going to be competitive. Now that team has shown a lot of fire. I mean, Andre Iguodala could potentially come to this team and help them make a playoff push. Now, we don't think they're going to go for a championship, and that's what Andre Iguodala is playing for in at this point in time in his career. So I understand his stance, too, for wanting to go to a championship team. But I don't blame the young guys was saying okay i mean you don't want to come help us you don't i mean he could be helping them showing them how to play showing them little tidbits that he learned you know what i mean he could be doing something he could have been doing something all these months to help them even prepare to get traded everyone knows he want to get traded but he could have been helping this team all year and he chose not to even show up for the team so i respect john morant and dylan brooks coming out and saying hey you know what i mean we want him to go play for another team so we can show him that we don't need him that's what the NBA should be about, man. I hate all this lovey-dovey and showing respect to everybody. Yeah, and you know, it, you know, I, I like I said, I love what I'm seeing out of these young Memphis Grizzlies. They they have been a pleasant surprise to me. Um, and speaking of the trade deadline, you know, I Memphis has stood firm and said we're not we're not going to buy him out. He will not be a buyout candidate. So either you're going to trade for him. Yeah, and it's not going to be a bad first round pick. It's going to be something significant to get him, or you know, this is a situation where Andre Iguodala also has to be careful because um, you know you've seen this before, where if he gets too lippy and decides that you know he's going to try and force his hand, the Grizzlies could wait till after the trade deadline and the buyout time to make sure that a playoff team can't even sign him. Um, you've seen that in the past and, you know, hopefully it doesn't come to that here because Andre Iguodala is a, you know, he's a very respected veteran in this league, good dude overall. Um, so, you know, I, if you're one of the LA teams and, and listen, everyone's linked to the LA teams right now. Andre yeah. Iguodala, uh, uh, Darren Collison is going to come out of retirement to go, go there. They're going to trade Kyle Kuzma to the Knicks for so-and-so, you know, Marcus Morris in a package, which again, if you're the Knicks. Why? Yeah. Do you? I, I get Kuzma. That's a nice young asset, but that's your nineteenth power forward. You know. It's but just, I mean, he would be the youngest of them, so I could right. understand and, that. And I, I would get that, but you know. So the reality is, and you're the the NBA media loves 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 LA. Yeah. There's only so many spots these motherfuckers can fill. So and the Lakers need like to clear ten million dollars in space to even get a player like Marcus Marcus Morris. And so Kuzma doesn't help him get there. Yeah, he's only making two million dollars. So that means like a team that they're trading got to be willing to take like four players. I'm not saying that the Knicks won't do it because they're idiots, but they should not. Absolutely should not be taking four players from L.A. Because the four players that you're gonna get from L.A. you absolutely don't need. Who are you gonna take? Yep. Danny Green, Rondo. Catavius Codwell Pope, like the players that you're gonna get back are players that you do not need on the Knicks roster, and that's well, and the I problem. I don't think those those are guys that are on the market right now. Um, you know, I'm, well, I'm I curious saw, to see what I the saw, Lakers um, are offering. 
I saw Catavius Caldwell Pope as one of them. Rondo wasn't one of them, but Catavius Caldwell Pope was one of them. But they would have to move someone like him to even he's pull. making fifteen a year. Yeah, to even pull Marcus Morris on there. But yep. yeah, man, I, I agree though. Um, the I did see that uh, the Heat. I know the Heat are one of the teams that are really interested. I think I saw the Mavericks also. But even with the Heat, they were talking about giving cap relief and a second-round pick. So I really don't know what the market for Iguodala is. But, I mean, they only gave a second for him. I don't I don't think they'll get a first for him. Uh, I think they got a first from Golden State to in that trade to begin with. So they already have one of Golden State's first. Not, I think not, it, it was a second. Was it a second? Yeah, it was a second. That's why I said um, they, they got a second. That, uh, the Drew Holiday sweepstakes are has kind of been, you know, you've seen them linked to Denver uh, for Gary Harris and, and uh, 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 Monte Morris or, or Malik Beasley. Um, someone even said Michael well, Porter well, Jr. Malik, which, Malik Beasley's already been traded, so you're getting ahead of yourself. Oh, you're right. My, <laughs> I forgot about that yesterday. So uh, we're going to talk about trades. we got to start off with the, uh, the big trade, the four-team trade that happened, the trade that sent Clint Capella to the Atlanta Hawks. So Houston Rockets sent Clint Capella to the Atlanta Hawks. Robert Covington, Noah Vonley, Kate Diop, and a bunch of other people nobody cares about <laughs> went to the Rockets. The big thing about that is the Rockets now got Robert Covington. They're going true small ball. Um, Malik Beasley in a first-round pick went to oh Malik Beasley, Hacho, what, Juan Hernandez, Gomez, whatever, went to, yep. uh, went to Minnesota. And then Shabazz Napier went to Denver Nuggets. I don't like most of this trade. I don't know what any of these fucking teams are doing. I don't know why Minnesota now has zero point guards. I have to think that they have to be in a mix for one of these point guards that's on the market. They tried hard to get D'Lo, but that doesn't seem like it's going to go because D'Lo's not going for anything less than a 2021 first-round pick. Um, Warriors have stuck their foot down and said they want a 2021 lottery. Minnesota pick. has not budged on that yet. Yeah, and that everyone everyone in Golden State believes that the 2021 draft will be a lot better than this draft, and they want an unprotected 2021 pick for anybody that's going to get D'Lo. And nobody's really budging on that. So 2021 must be a pretty nice draft. Um, so they say. Yeah, and Clint Capella, I like Clint Capella going to Atlanta Hawks. That gives Trey another weapon, a relatively young weapon, someone that can set good screens, open it up. So you now you got um, Trey Young, Clint Capella, and John Collins. It it helps John Collins be a true four. So I think out of everybody, Atlanta won in this trade. Malik, I mean, Shabazz Napier, backup help, but they already had Monte Morris in Denver. I don't know what that's about. Minnesota is left with no point guards at all. They traded Kate's Diop Bates, who was supposed to be able to fill in if they traded Covington. Um, I, I just don't know what Minnesota's doing. I don't really like what Houston's doing, but I could see how Covington it could help in small ball. Um, what do you think, man? I'm not a fan. You already know I'm not a fan of what Houston, anything Houston does already. Um, I'm not. I, I just – you know, you, you trade away your centers in a in a in a in a playoffs in the playoffs. You're gonna. Oh, I play. forgot. I forgot. I mean, I think this might be key. I forgot in that trade they also got Jordan Bell. So they got Robert yeah. Covington, Kate's Diop, and Jordan Bell. Some people with length that can do some different things. But you know, yeah. But those guys are like six seven, six eight, six nine. They're not like you know what I mean. Jokic is is seven foot. Anthony Davis is seven foot. You know. There, if Nurkic comes back for Portland, which we'll get to Portland in a second, I think Portland can mess around, and make playoffs. Um, you know, even if it, even if it's not Nurkic, it's Whiteside, who we can say all we want to. He's you know a lazy bum, which he is, but he's still a problem that you have to face in the playoffs. I mean, Montrez Harrell, yes, he's undersized, and the Clippers are going to try to address that. But if you're Houston. You're running against a bunch of teams that can play that run and gun style. I'm not sure that not having a center helps you because I understand you need shooters around because Westbrook can't shoot. Uh, Harden goes on cold streaks in the playoffs, so I see what they're doing. But at some point, who's guarding Jokic and Anthony Davis? Well, I will say this for whatever you say, and if people like it or not, you go back and look at the last three years, and James Harden has had some relatively good success guarding centers in the playoffs. So, be Cat, 
I think uh, Rudy Gobert, he's guarded him. At one I point, forgot about Rudy Gobert. That's another yeah. guy they're going to have to face. I think the only one that has really given James Harden the business when he's guarded him has been LaMarcus Aldridge. Other than that, he's had pretty good success guarding centers in this league. For I don't know why. I guess centers are just soft. Now, the difference is playing a player like Jokic. This year, I've seen the Joker have a tendency to really put his body on people and bang people. Sunday, I was watching him play Drummond, and he banged Drummond for about 30-something points all in the paint, putting his shoulder in his chest. If Jokic's going to play like that, then Houston don't have a chance because they don't have anybody on the bench that can come in and help them with something like that. But the, the bigger problem is most of the centers in the NBA aren't playing like that, so it allows you to have a player like James Harden guard you and flop around right. and fall when he gets hit because they don't allow centers to really do that. And send, Like Joel Embiid, like we talked about, or we're going to talk about, he's talking about playing on the perimeter more. <laughs> so I mean unreal. Um I think I think this can work for Houston. I know I'm in the minority in this, but you know, putting a player like Covington who's played a lot of four and guarding some big men, PJ Tucker, you put Covington, you put PJ Tucker out there. If Russell Westbrook can be motivated, um I mean it could work. I mean Covington can cover a lot of ground. He's a he's a pure defender, he's a spot up shooter, he opens that court up. At the end of the day, it's all about their offense. We all know that. It's about putting four shooters around James Harden and Russell Westbrook and allowing them to um, pack the paint. Yeah, they will not be able to guard the center, but if that center is not effective, he's not going to be able, be able to be on the court because they're going to spread you out because Covington is going to be on the outside. Tucker's going to be in the corner. That's going to open the lane. Who's going to sit in the lane and stop Westbrook and James Harden from driving? The Lakers. Yeah, I mean, they're a tough matchup. <laughs> Lakers and the Clippers are a tough matchup, but that's what the game's about. When do you match up with them? How do you match up with them? Well, the adjustments. The, the thing about the playoffs and Golden State is the exception. Um, you know, Houston has shown year in, year out that they either shit the bed or they don't have the stamina, and their their jump shots go cold. I mean, now, you take, but Russell if you Westbrook, take away, if you take away the one time where they lost to the Spurs with Kawhi Leonard, they're only losing to Golden State. They lost. They lost. A, it was the same issue with the Clippers when, when the Clippers had Chris Paul and Blake. Griffin. Oh, the Clippers I mean, weren't getting out of the first round. They got to the conference finals. Western. They've been to the, in the four years. They've been to the Western Conference Finals twice and the Conference Finals. Uh, Western Conference Finals twice and the Conference Semifinals twice. Uh, one time they lost to the Spurs when they had Kawhi Leonard. The other time they lost was last year when they lost to the uh, Golden State Warriors in the Conference Semifinals. Other than that, they've been to the Western Conference Finals twice. It's not like they're getting stuck in the first round, and they're losing to the Warriors three out of those four years. And my I, my my point is, I think that the 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 uh, Rockets are, you know, if they're a top six team, I think that the six teams around them uh, are as good as, if not better than the Rockets. I just I'm I'm not a believer in the Rockets. I think Utah can beat them. I think Denver can beat them. I think. I think they'll probably beat Memphis or whomever comes at that 7th or 8th seed. But those top six seeds in the West, I just don't see Dallas they might be able to get. But overall, I I truly think that – I don't think that they match up well with anybody in the West. Well, if you're looking at what past history, (laughs) Utah has trouble with them in the playoffs. They put Utah out the last two years. But this Uh, is a different Utah team. I mean, mean, not that much different. You had Bogdan. You had Mike Conley. I mean, you've added – but I mean, and, and you're just, you're just giving a great year this year. Yeah, but I mean, you're just you just like them more because now they've added Covington, they've added Westbrook. They're athletic. They're really more dynamic, and they the same things that gave Utah problems. Houston is better at center was never the problem against Utah. Denver during the regular season, I'm pretty sure Houston has blown Denver out twice, and it hadn't like been close. They've just ran them off the court because they can't stay up with the pace. So I think you discount like yes. Houston has significant trouble defending teams right now, especially with centers. But on the flip side, those same teams are going to have trouble defending them because those big centers can't just sit there. A team like the Lakers will be versatile enough to play with them. 
But also, can the Lakers score with them? I don't know that they can on a regular basis. The way that Houston shoots the ball, now especially adding a Robert Covington that can knock down threes too. Now you're spreading out four people around the baseline and all of them can knock down threes. You put out there Robert Covington, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. You can say that on that or not, but anytime Westbrook Russell, can't shoot. I don't it, know where this it, comes from. Westbrook cannot he, shoot. He cannot. He cannot. But he doesn't have to because there's no center under the goal. Who's guarding him one-on-one and stopping him getting in the lane? Again, it's going to depend on the matchup. There, there are three other teams and, that will and, be happy to let Westbrook tr- come in and drive. The Lakers are nope, one of them. I don't think so. I think all those teams, are, they have to guard Houston. It, you, you, you're looking at it from one perspective, from the perspective of Houston has to guard them. You're right. But they have to guard Houston, too, with no center on the floor. We'll see. Um, I do before we. I want to talk about a couple things real quick. Um, Damian Lillard, good God! Um, now he he, you know, I, I will, I'll say he did not have a great game um, Tuesday against Denver, but player of the month I mean, in January hell, though. What's that? He was a player of the month in January. Oh man! I mean, he went eight games in a row scoring at least thirty four points. Um, you know, a couple triple doubles in there couple 50 years couple 60 point games i mean i don't know if it's being talked about enough talk about mamba mentality i mean this is a a scoring onslaught that you know other than james harden you really haven't seen in quite a while um but but i mean if you look back this is what he's been doing in january and february he gets hot and he's done mm -hmm. this the last two years now the last couple of years he's gotten hot and pushed him up to the two or three seed now we need to see if he can do that same thing, get hot and push them in the four or five seed range because they don't want to get stuck in that six, seventh, eighth range because they're in that six, seven, eighth range. But right now it's not even guaranteed that they make the playoffs. I think no, they're they, in desperate need of making a move. They're right now. Yeah, they need to make some type of move. I think I've, I've been saying I think they need to get off a of white side. Yeah, Nurkic may not come back. But the fact is, you're not guaranteed to make the playoffs, and Whiteside's contract is very valuable. You can move Whiteside and get something for him, because when he leaves in the offseason and you don't re-sign him, you're not going to get anything for him. I, I I would be curious to see if one of the if Portland could land Kevin Love or Tristan Thompson. Both those guys want to get the hell out of Cleveland. Um, Kevin Love didn't want to go back to Oregon, though. I read that oh, Kevin that right? Love was not enthused about getting traded to Portland. Mm, well, that's and, tough. And he has like three years, ninety million dollars on his contract. But Kevin Love can still play, and I, I think I think he would help any team he goes to. I think um, hell, I think he'd help Miami. I, I don't think Miami gets a deal done without him for a major player like a Drew Holiday, a Kevin Love, uh, uh, without including someone like Tyler Hero. Uh, Bam's not going to get traded, but uh, Tyler Hero seems to be that dangling carrot. And I, what I was going to say earlier is I heard someone say that. Denver was, you know, if Denver included Michael Porter Jr., that uh, they would uh, get Drew Drew Holiday. <laughs> yeah. Why the hell would you do that if you're Denver? Yeah. Why? Why yeah. would you do that? I mean, I don't, I don't know why. I mean, it would upgrade their guard play if they're in win now mode. Then maybe if they don't trust his injury history, maybe. I mean, there's reasons to do it because Denver has been on the cusp of making that ascension. They were the number one team last year and they failed to perform in a playoff. You know, Drew Holiday can perform, so it's really selling and your future you, for right now. If you're New Orleans, I mean, you say yes to that in a millisecond. Um, yeah, but I mean, it kind of, it kind of clogs what you already got. I mean, you're going to have to play Brandon Ingram a max contract. You got Zion Williams there. I mean, it's just where where is Michael Porter Jr. going to play? I think it's more of the asset yeah. um, that they acquire. I, I think everyone really likes Michael Porter Jr. The, the, the key with Michael Porter Jr. is going to be health. But, you know, the, the flashes that he's shown – he, it shows me that if he stays healthy, he's going to be a real, real problem in this league. And if you're Denver, you know, the Lakers are fucking old. Yeah. You know, because once LeBron goes, I mean, you know, you hear that every year. I mean, and, and Golden State is going to be back. But Golden State's also kind of a team that's up there. They're not the same Golden State. You've got Steph Curry, who's hitting his mid-30s. you got Clay who's in his early 30s. And Draymond's just not the same player that he was. And now maybe they get a top five pick. Maybe D'Lo, you know, sticks around. But... That's a lot of maybes. Well, I, I will say um, I don't want to change the subject. I just got a report saying that uh, Miami's in advance talk to acquire Iguodala, and I think that's going to be a great fit. I mean, Miami's already tough defensively. <laughs> they they play on the street now. 
I don't think they're going to give up any true assets to go get a Drew Holiday. I mean, they're just Pat Riley does not want to go into the and take on any additional cap for these next two years. He really wants to make a shot, make a run at Giannis. Uh, I don't I don't know if he's going to get Giannis, but he wants to make sure he has enough cap room to make a pitch for Giannis. Um, and if if you're if you're Miami, um, you know, and listen, Iguodala is not 30 years old. He's not. I mean, Iguodala's old. So I don't know how much he comes in and helps immediately. He hasn't played basketball in over a year, but, you know, it, but you it don't need him Miami to play show. offense. You just need him on defense. Right. And but it is it does show that, you know, if you are trying to, to get a Giannis or entice him like, hey, not only can we acquire free agents like a Jimmy Butler, like LeBron James in the past, you know, we've shown that we can build teams organically as well because I think Miami can come out of the East um, depending on what moves they make, which, you know, is something that I did not think they could do at the beginning of the season. Um, but Miami's a real team. Now, they, they've got a lot of issues on the road, but at home they're close to unbeatable. And really the only team standing in their way from my perspective at this day is Milwaukee. I think I think Boston gives them a le, um, legitimate problems also, um, but you know that's the thing with Miami, and that's the things with a lot of these teams that I'm saying. That's why I'm so hard on teams like the Knicks and teams like Minnesota because they don't have a system. Even a team like the Sixers, I don't feel like they have a system that you can put players in and they're confident in. No matter what you can say about Miami over the last three or four years, they've had a system that they can play players in. And now you're upgrading that with players like Jimmy Butler that can play defense and play a little bit of offense or play a lot of offense. Now that makes that system a lot better. So you can go get players like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and they can immediately have an impact because they immediately have a role. And it's very yep. simple of what I want you to do. Adding a player like Iguodala to that team is going to be beneficial because they like to play a lot of small ball, switch everything. Now you put Jimmy Butler, you put uh, Bam out there, and you put um, Iguodala with with those players. I mean, that could be a legit defensive team, and they can be hard to score on. Now, and then you'll you'll start to see players. I mean, if Justice Winslow, Winslow can yeah, get, get healthy, healthy. even James Johnson can come in and be. Well, I think they're going to have to move James Johnson. I think James Johnson is probably part of the package that Memphis is going to get, and I think he would be a great fit in Memphis. I do too. I mean, that's a player that I would want, and I don't think that he's been able to showcase his talent in Miami for the past couple of years. I mean, he's kind of been a knucklehead at times, but overall. You know, you talk about that Miami system. He just he and Deion Waiters have been off and on. Um, you know, so I, I do think Miami can be a real problem coming out of the East, um, and I'm excited to see what they do um, in the playoffs, which is something I have not said about Miami in a long ass time. Yeah, you had a lot of hate in your voice early in the season. I've been letting you slide. You know what I mean? But yeah, I, I like what Miami's doing. I like their system. I like how they're playing. Um, but let's get to these Sixers, man. Um, we talk a lot about Miami. We talk about uh, Giannis in Milwaukee. Um, Oladipo's coming back. He's starting the night in the enters, ready to make a run. Uh, and the Sixers are just getting worse. You know what I mean? They're they're not looking great. They they looked good when they had just Ben Simmons for last week, week and a half. Now Joel comes back. You're starting to hear Al Horford talk about they have some locker room issues. This isn't the first time they said that either. Josh Richardson spoke about that earlier in the year. Um, Joel Embiid is now saying everyone's telling him to play down low, but he feels like he needs to pay, play out towards the three-point line for spacing. Uh, what do you make of this team, man? I, I think they need to make a move, and I think it needs to be a major move at the trade deadline. You know, I kind of talked about that last week, and the, the problem is if you're the Sixers, you know, you you talk about Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons because, uh, you know, you and I are both in agreement that they're, they're going to have to choose between those two. Um, if you do that right now at the trade deadline, you're probably going to get pennies on the dollar. Yeah, so let's get uh, pa- let's get past that and say that's not going to happen because we both know nobody's going to rush to make a decision on something like that. So what other moves can they make to fix this team? I mean, at the, at the end of the day, their only trade piece really is Tobias Harris. Um, and I don't know who can take the, the, the problem that, that he just signed, though. He got into, big money. Exactly. They you can't just move that contract because not a lot of teams have cap room. Yeah. So you know someone like a Memphis could take that. Atlanta could take that. But the, you know Tobias Harris doesn't fit what Memphis is doing. Um, I don't know what Atlanta's doing. I, I like the move for Capella, um, but they've got a lot of assets. You know that they're building for the future. I don't know that Tobias Harris fits that. Um, 
you know, I, there's not a lot of teams out there that, that are, are going to be willing to take on that cap space. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's a major move for Philly to make. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only thing, like, even, yeah, Tobias Harris, but Tobias Harris makes it hard because his, his contract. Josh Richardson, maybe? Josh Richardson has a very favorable contract that you can move. I just don't know how many teams are going to, with him being hurt, I don't know where you move him to. It would be great. I mean, I see Kelly Oubre's on the block. Maybe if they could move a Josh Richardson and uh, what's what's the young kid that's been playing well? Uh, Matthias, uh, Mat- uh, Ty- Matisse Thibel, Matisse Thibel. Maybe if you throw those two and a pick to Phoenix, maybe you can get a Kelly Oubre on that roster. He's shown that See, he can I knock think down. Thibel does exactly what Philly wants. I yeah. mean, yeah. In order to to improve the team, you're gonna have to give something up. But Thibel is be- he's becoming a uh, better shooter than than when he started the, at the beginning of the season. But he's a lockdown defender. I mean, you know that's where- a dude that you. You know where Philly really fucked playoffs. up. Philly really fucked up when they traded Mikael Bridges to uh, Phoenix for uh, Zaire Smith in that first. Mikael yep. Bridges, he was a Philly. He went to um, Villanova. Villanova. His, His mom, mom worked in the, the organization. He was excited to be there. He matches perfectly for what they do, being a long defender that's a knockdown three-point shooter. He wasn't a young player. He was already developed, and he's doing great things out in Phoenix. If they would have just kept them, like Phoenix always, I mean, not Phoenix, Philly always looking for like a splash instead yep. of just sticking with what they have, man. It's, it's it's like the Sixers are trying, like, it's like they try multiple get rich quick schemes or pyramid yeah. schemes. It's like your boy who's always coming up, hey, man, you know, <laughs> I'm starting this business. Uh, man, it's going to be fine. It's going to take off. Uh, and, and then the next week, he's like, oh, you know, that, that didn't work out. But yeah. I'm, I'm on to this, this. You know I'm going to try something you know, else, you know? It's just yeah. they never stick with and believe in what they have now i don't know maybe that was a pre-discussed deal even before the draft or something and they had to do it maybe they didn't know bridges was going to fall to him but i couldn't believe they traded bridges he that dude was so excited to get drafted by philly his mom was excited just to find out nah we're gonna trade you he grew up in organization (laughs) like i i just don't understand what they what teams do how teams work sometimes but yeah i don't know a lot of things that philly can do to fix this this year and i don't think I mean, I think I be, wouldn't be surprised if Philly goes out in the first round this year to force them to make I'm, a move. I'm with you, and I think if they do, you got to. Brett Brown's got to go. Yeah. Um, Elton Brand probably has to go. Um, they they got to blow that shit up. Unfortunately, if, see, I don't. It, I don't think they have to blow it up. I think they need to get a GM that focuses more on role players. Because I don't think that if they. If you're moving Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid, it's blowing it up. I, I'm not saying you know get rid of the entire team and do all that shit. But if you're moving one of them, you're clearly going in a dif- different direction. And and I, I just don't think is, they got the balls to do it, man. I think if anything, I, they and, try to build some role players around them. And I agree with you. And and the thing is, if you choose one of those guys, it dictates two vastly different styles. Yep. Um, you know, so it's not like, oh, well, they play the same type of game, even though they're two different positions. You know, so if we move one guy, we can still stick to our plan. Like, if you trade one of these guys, Brett Brown's got to go because now you got to bring in an entire new – or maybe you keep Brett Brown and because no. when you – Brett well, Brown should have been gone two years ago. I agree with you. But <laughs> – you see what happens when he just has Ben Simmons and a bunch of role players and he doesn't really have to focus on Joel Embiid. And we both talked about even when Ben Simmons is not on the court and it's just Joel Embiid and those role players, they don't respond the same. They still don't look like a great team like they do when they when it's Ben Simmons running the show. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think they gotta they have to kind of force feed Joel Embiid. We talked about that last year and that kind of sticks them in the mud. It, it slows it down. And I mean, I just don't know. And they 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 have those huge contracts with Al Horford and Tobias Harris. Just it's not. It was a lack of focus on role players. Like, I thought they were going to be great defensively. They have not been. You know what I'm saying? That's right. one of that's one of the big yeah. big things. The the biggest disappointment for that team. Like I thought, you know, offense can hit be hit or miss with them. But defensively, I thought this could have been one of the best defensive teams that we've seen since the Detroit Pistons with that length. And they have just not shown that. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they show flashes. They're starting five is six five or taller, and you would think that. Yeah, exactly. They were better defensive last year with JJ Redick. Yeah. than they are this year. Um, I think I think you know, if they could get a player like JJ Redick back, that would help. Yeah, but New Orleans said they're not moving JJ Redick. They also um, said I think New Orleans. I think New Orleans thinks that they they can make the playoffs, and, and their schedule says they can. But they keep dropping a lot of games, and I feel like they they're putting a lot on Zion, a guy who's clearly like, I don't want to say nervous, but. 
being treated as the savior. And yeah. I don't think he's necessarily, I won't say ready, but you can see that. And I think that a lot of this, you know, the stuff, the tragedy with Kobe um, and the all-star stuff that started to come up has overshadowed Zion's first couple weeks um, because it's not as big of a story as, as you thought it was. Sure, you see him over social media, uh, but I don't think people are watching the games the, but, the Pelicans games. Yeah, but that's not that's not accounting for the outside pressure. Like I was watching a game uh, yesterday or a day before, and they were talking about people in the organization who's been around teams. Like Alvin Gentry played, I mean, coach with the Warriors. You know what I mean? And he talks about how it's insane wherever they go with Zion. If they're getting in the cities at one, two, three in the morning, then the lobby is full. And Zion is not only handling that, handling that type of pressure, but he's also trying to integrate himself in the game. I do think they're trying to put too much on him at one time, especially with him coming back from that injury. They're mm-hmm. trying to play him at center, power forward, small forward. Um, they want him to be everything right now because they're trying to make that playoff push. And I think they need to slow down a little bit, uh, yeah. especially I'm- especially playing him at center so much. Just yep. that banging and moving. I think they have Derek Favors. Derek Favors has played well move move Brandon Ingram down to the three let Zion yep. play at the four you know what I mean play 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 uh Brandon Ingram more point forward he did a lot of that with the Lakers like you don't have to force feed Zion at center and I think they're doing too much of that and that could be too much strain on his body you was just teaching him how to walk again in December <laughs> right and so I you know I'm, I'm I have to keep your eye on on New Orleans because um they're a fun team to watch they are yeah and once and you can tell Zion is still getting into into uh, shape. Um, you know, I still think he's he's got a he's big man. He's exciting he though, really explosive, big. exciting, explosive. That a lot it's of that's unreal. a lot of that's mus- muscle instead of trimming down, which kind of scares me. He put on like ten pounds of muscle. Uh, that's heavier. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. I would have expected him to slim down and cut a lot of weight, kind of like LeBron did over the last four or five years. You know, get, he needs an off season. He yeah. needs an NBA off season that that he hasn't gotten yet. And I, I think that you know I'm with you. Hopefully that there's not an injury that, that comes to bite them in the butt, um, and they they do take their time with him because the, what he's shown is I mean he is as advertised. I mean you and I talked about last week that second jump is crazy, unreal. Uh, his strength. I mean, I saw him rip a ball from Giannis last night. Like, like it was ripping it from I don't know me. <laughs> I mean, you know, it just uh, wasn't. It, but it, but you know, is, as I incredible. said though, I don't think Alan, Alan, Alvin Gentry is the coach for this team because he doesn't. It doesn't feel like he knows how to coach the versatility of what he has because he has a lot of players that can play multiple positions. You know what I mean? Uh, Lonzo is probably the only one that needs to be a true point guard, but even he has learned to play off the ball. Drew can play one through three. Brandon Ingram can play one through five. Zion can probably play one through five. You know what I mean? He has so much versatility on his team. I don't think he's figured out how to use it. I don't think he's figured out a rotation that he's comfortable with. And by this time in the season, even getting Zion back, you should be down because they're in a playoff push. They're in playoff time right now. He should be down to an eight, nine-man lineup at best, and that's all he should be playing. And you and I talk about the NFL a lot with with the coaches and and um, you know how bad the coaching is in the NFL consistently. And you know, I think I mentioned that uh, Chris Long he said that um, most guys that play don't want to be coaches, yeah. um, and I get it. But the NBA, on the other hand, is pretty innovative when it comes to coaching. Um, they are willing to give chances to any and everybody who has shown interest and can do it. Yeah. Um, but, again, if you're these organizations, it's kind of time to start looking around and saying, okay, Steve Kerr, successful coach and has been all around the game for 30 years. Yeah. Um, you can go to Doc Rivers was an analyst, a GM a coach. You can go to Nick Nurse, who was in the G League. You can go to uh, Budenholzer. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. Hiring young, innovative coaches is what's going to get you to the next level at the end of the day when you have premier talent. The days of being able to bring in um, a, a retread, not that Phil Jackson was a retread, and I won't bring that up but you know bringing in these retread coaches there's a reason George Carlin in the NBA anymore <laughs> passed him by yeah and Alvin Gentry's like that Mike D'Antoni seems to kind of be in that window to where his his system and his style and his fingerprints may be on the game but 
he can't perfect it, and it could be because the game has passed him by. Rick Carlisle is the only exception to that. Rick Carlisle has done well. You know, he, he had some bad years, but Dallas didn't have a ton of talent. They were kind of resting on that title. Um, but you can see the good coaches around the league typically are young guys who have done different things if they didn't play they were analysts if they weren't analysts they were in the front office if they weren't front office they were they were you know closely with agents and and that is there's a it's a new nba but i mean you know you got you got even when you say that like rick carlisle or eric sposher greg popovich or brad stevens they're unique because they are in line with the gm the organization like they're all in line and they have they have pretty good job security, so you can do different things. You can have bad years as long as your players and talents developing, even during bad years. Like when Dallas was bad, you saw players developing. You see players mm-hmm. getting better, and your owner has a trust in you to do that. If your owner doesn't have a trust in you to do that, then you can't do those type of things, and you're always trying to rush to so you can win. Like Alvin Gentry is obviously coaching for his job. You can tell by the pressure mm-hmm. that he's under, the lineup that he's doing. He doesn't. And you can hear it when you talk to David Griffin. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, I I don't think that Alvin Gentry makes it past this year, and he probably definitely, shouldn't. Definitely not. But, I mean, I but you, but you, I don't think Alvin Gentry should. I mean, they're in. They have a good enough record where you couldn't fire him, but they might have been better off getting rid of him early. Yeah, I mean, and you. But there's so many good young coaches in the league, and I mean, but there there's been some misses. You and I were both high on Luke Walton, and yeah. Luke Walton has shown me that I don't think he's a good coach. Maybe he just can't uh, win in Sacramento. Maybe it's not possible. <laughs> you know, maybe LeBron was onto something. Like yeah. this dude don't know what he's doing. But Possible. you look around, you look around the league. You got you know what Taylor Jenkins is doing in Memphis. You got Mike Malone, who's in a. I mean, these aren't free agent destinations. These are these are guys who have sat, who know how to develop talent. Or in yeah. Taylor Jenkins' case, has come from organizations that have done that in Milwaukee. He's in doing Atlanta. a and he's doing a great job this year. A fantastic job. job. And you so you start to see that. Once again, just because you were a coach in the NBA 10 years ago, five years ago, doesn't mean it's the same NBA. I mean, this is a completely different game now, and it's whether or not you're going to embrace it. Um, and I think New Orleans is going to get a new coach in there, probably someone who's younger. Um, I know that a lot of people talk about um, FK Udo for from San Antonio, Becky Hammond um, getting roles, and I would love to see it. I, I think they can bring a lot to the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's move on to some of these bad teams, man. And there's a lot of them. Yeah, man. Let's. What do you make of Phoenix randomly putting Kelly Oubre on the block? Like, why? Yeah, that didn't make a ton of sense to me uh, <laughs> because he fits their team perfectly, and he's been playing so well for them. Um, Only thing sure. I could think of is maybe he's not happy, but it. Everything that I've seen, everything that I've read, it seems like Phoenix loves them, even though they're not winning at the expectation that I thought. It seems like the city of Phoenix, even though they're losing loves them and loves to watch them play it seems like attendance is kind of up compared to phoenix you know they got the valley boys it seems like him and devin booker get along of course they're not winning at the clip that they thought they may but he's still under a really good contract why would you be willing to get rid of him and if you are what are they looking to get i just there's nothing about that move that i understand i mean i know they have several power forwards mikhail bridges is stepping up but unless you're making a move to come bring some kind of big player in. Now, I was speculating earlier that their Phoenix and Detroit is playing right now. I could see them trading like a, you know, Kelly Oubre, um, Aaron Baines, and trying to get Andre Drummond in there because it just seems like the type of move that Phoenix would make. DeAndre Ayton, obviously, he wants to play the four. He doesn't love playing the five. Getting a true center in there is something that they've been looking to do. Um, there's not a lot of them out there and the only one there's only a couple teams that have enough cap room to absorb Andre Drummond and re-sign him because right. even, even if you bring him on you he has a 29 million dollar option even if you don't extend him and if you try to extend him he's looking at money he wants a hundred million dollar contract so it's, that's that's kind of the reason that Detroit is stalled I know that Phoenix have been really high on Luke Kennard I'm just interested. Them putting Kelly Oubre on the block seems like a move for Drummond to me because that's the only team that makes sense. Well, uh, no point of us talking about that anymore because Woj and you know Woj is in the know. Yeah. Um, he said that the discussions with uh, Phoenix and uh, Detroit have broken down. Uh, the Suns wanted a, a first round pick uh, in the deal. And they couldn't agree on protections for that first round pick. So, um, but but broken down does not mean dead. These are usually 
um, posturing type things. And they're there negotiating right now because, I mean, they're playing each other as we're doing this podcast. So I don't now, believe that's one, over. One, thing, one team to watch for during this trade deadline I think is going to be Golden State. I think um, – and I just saw a report that the Warriors are going to sit – uh, Glenn Robinson and Alec Burks, uh, both of whom have been having really good years in our assets that they can move. Um, I'm curious to see who is going to trade for Alec Burks because that's going to be a team that could uh, that could help a playoff team, or that's going to be a player that can help a playoff team. I think that's probably the most likely candidate to go to the Lakers, a player like Alec Burks. I don't think that they can afford to get a Derrick Rose. Uh, they asked about Schroeder. They can't get Schroeder. Obviously, they don't have assets to go get a Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, but they're looking for a guard. They're hot and heavy for a guard. And I think that he would be like the perfect type of guard that would fit what they're looking to do. Fast pace, score off the bench, shoot threes, versatile, can play a little bit of point guard, shooting guard, small forward. That's the type of player that I think the Lakers will probably end up targeting later towards the deadline. I saw that Glenn Robinson III was a candidate for the Dallas Mavericks. Like the Mavericks are going hot and heavy after Glenn Robinson III. Um, I just think that that's what this this has been the goal to Golden State all along. Take a take a shot on some of these fringe players. See if you can flip them for second round picks or any type of assets. And they obviously trust their drafting in second round picks and all that. So that's that's what it's about, man. Just getting assets. See if you can flip them. See if you can develop some players and get them ready for next year, man. They're they're trying to get ready for next year and get all the assets they can to keep that thing rolling when their players get healthy. You asked about uh, bad teams and what they're doing. Minnesota. Um, <laughs> I know we talked about their trade earlier, but they've lost 12 in a row. Minnesota loves the Knicks. They they love that the Knicks are still in the league because otherwise the attention would be on them. Right. Um, <laughs> Minnesota, I mean, Cat ain't happy. It doesn't look like they're going to be able to land D'Lo. They're going to be starting Jared Culver at point guard, who Jared Culver's had an okay year. He's a rookie. It's going to, I mean, it's going to be a couple. That's a developmental player. It looks like they want to get the, they want to get Andrew Wiggins on the first thing smoking out of there. Yeah, all the trade um, packages for D'Lo included Andrew Wiggins, and it, by all accounts, man, I don't know if that, I don't know if that D'Lo trade is truly dead because it depends on how much they want to appease Cat. Because as of right now, they have no point guard on the roster, as you said. Um, the only thing that I heard that was holding up that deal was the fact that Golden State wants an unprotected 2021 pick. Now, Minnesota's if, if willing you, to give them a pick this year. They were willing to give them two or three picks this year. Yep, which is why they, they made the trade that they did. Yeah, so I don't know that that D-Lo trade is truly dead because as many games as they lost is unhappy, and they just traded a bunch of young talent out. Like I said, they traded uh, Kate's Diop, and they traded um, Shabazz Napier, who was doing very well for them. Mm-hmm. At a cheap mm-hmm. price, so you have to be getting a point guard. There has to be a there has to be a bigger move in play that we don't see based on that trade. Because I know they didn't do this for Malik Beasley and Juan Hernandez Gomez, right? I mean, unless you're you're banking on getting a top three pick, which isn't guaranteed in this lottery, and pairing him with a Lamella Ball or Cole Anthony or Shit, they already uh, did that. Edwards. They did that to get Culver. I mean, they they traded up to get Culver. You know what I mean? That was supposed to be. So how many times are you going to do that? Is Cat going to be satisfied with that? Culver was supposed to be the answer. You traded to get him. He had some. He's had some major struggles. You know what I mean? Did Cat not just sign an extension? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. And that's one of the things why he has really no leg to stand on. Yeah, I um, I I don't know what the deal is with them. Um, I I don't know what their plan is. All I know is that you know, and and again, if you're Cat. I, the one thing for me is why he's, why sign that extension? Like, if you really want to hold these teams, a franchise that has shown over, what, how many years, 25 years, that they're not a great franchise, if you want to stay there or you want to be loyal to them, hold their feet to the fire and like, hey, I'm not signing this extension till y'all get somebody in here and get me some help. Because they haven't really done that since he's been there. They didn't do it for KG with the exception of a small three-year window, which speaks more to how good KG was than – and how good Flip Saunders was as opposed to the organization. But the the Timberwolves have a problem. And, and if it weren't for the Knicks, we'd be talking about getting their asses up out of Minnesota. That's how bad they've been for how how many years. Yeah, and he, the reason why you signed a contract is because you want that extension. You want that max level extension for what he put, put in there. Like you said before, not a lot of players turned down that extension. AD didn't right. turn down an extension. You just you almost can't. 
You know what I mean? Sign it and then say, I want to be traded, I guess. Yeah, you almost have to take that extension and then deal with the consequences later. And that that's what he did. So I can't really blame him for that. But now you have no room. You have no leg to stand on. I mean, if you want to sit out games, you can. You want to hold out, you can. If you want to be disgruntled in the locker room, you can. But that's the only way you're going to make them do something. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. I have no reason to give them the benefit of the doubt because they've been terrible all these years. But just based on that trade, they there has to be another move coming. They saw Culver at point guard early in the season. He did okay. He didn't do better than Shabazz Napier. I'm pretty sure no. you didn't have to get rid of Shabazz Napier. You know what I mean? So right. it, it, there has to be another move coming. I, I've heard um, D- Dennis Smith Jr. being linked to um, going to Minnesota. Yuck. I mean, that's not the answer. Uh, They want D-Lo. I just don't think that D-Lo trade did. I I mean, I want to see how hard. I don't think Golden State is inclined to trade D-Lo right now. It's it's not smart unless you pay their price. That's why I said if if they get D-Lo, they're going to overpay for them. But I don't know if they're in a position where they can't do that at this point in time. And that's what I was going to say. If it it comes down to that and Cat already signed his extension and and Cat and D-Lo just want to play together, which all reports show that they do, fuck it. Get the pick, figure out the rest later. Draft picks in the NBA are a dime a damn dozen. Oklahoma City has 19 of them right now. New Orleans got the other 30. So I think I think my problem. I know it's it's bad to trade an unprotected pick, but at some point you got to try to win. And right. and do you not believe? Obviously, the organization doesn't believe in that move themselves. Because if you did and you believe that that move can truly help you, then that number one unprotected pick isn't going to be worth shit anyway. Look at look at. Look at what Boston did. They had all them assets for all those years. They had the Kings pick, the Grizzlies pick that they were banking were both going to be top five draft picks. And guess what? Neither of them were top five draft picks. Barely lottery picks in the case of Sacramento last year and Memphis right now. They're probably they're they're going to get the even if Memphis doesn't make the playoffs. You're looking at the thirteenth, fourteenth pick. Um, you know, and I'm with you. It's it, you know, when that pick is going to be minuscule. At some point, like the, the Grizzlies don't give a fuck about this pick. The Kings don't give a crap about that pick last year. You just at, at some point you need to make the decision as an organization that, hey, Cat's our guy. We're going to build around him and we're going to build a winner here in Minnesota, especially since everyone around you in your region is awful. Yeah. The Bulls you, stink. You, you have a chance. Yeah. I mean, there, there's I, I don't understand. So, um, but uh, bad organizations do bad or- organization things. The Suns are a bad organization. The the Timberwolves are a bad organization. Um, I think so, they're going to rekindle know. talks with Golden State and make one last push. I don't know if they ultimately do it. I just don't know how young you want to be. I mean, you got even if you you can get rid of Wiggins, you know what I mean. But even if you do, you still got Culver on the team. You got a Cat who's like what twenty two, twenty three, something like twenty four. Mm-hmm. He's, I think Cat's like 25, 26 now. Nah, He's been in the league a minute. Yeah, but Cat came out. He was like one of the youngest players. He came out at like 18. Like, he couldn't be more than 24. <laughs> yeah, he might be right. And you got Cole. Like, how young do you want to be? I think ultimately, if they don't give up that pick, they're going to settle for a Dennis Smith Jr. and end up giving that probably book Brooklyn Nets pick to the New York Knicks in order to get a Dennis Smith Jr., who he could probably – he could thrive in Minnesota. We haven't seen him, like, really – that that would be a system. Uh, Ryan Saunders may be able to unlock Dennis Smith Jr. kind of like he's unlocked Andrew Wiggins this year. That freedom of being able to play and not being bogged down by systems and being taken out and all that type of stuff. He may be able to play free, and we may get to see the Dennis Smith Jr. that we all saw. So if if you can't get D'Lo, gamble and go get Dennis Smith Jr. and then see how it plays out. Maybe he can appease Cat, but. All in all, I don't like what Minnesota's doing, man. I want to I want to talk about, uh, but I do want to talk about. Um, shoot, I just lost what I want to talk about. <laughs> After all that, yeah, I built it up and then a letdown. And you just you know shat on our faces. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So and then there's there's perennially bad teams. I mean, what if you're Detroit, you're stuck. What do you do there? Uh, Blake Griffin's done for the year. That, that gamble has not worked out. Stan Van Gundy on the way out was like, well, I'm going to go down swinging. Good luck with that. <laughs> and, it, and it hasn't worked out. I really don't know what, what – talk about a, a team that doesn't really have an avenue to get better, Detroit. Um, they don't seem to draft that well. Uh, obviously not a free agent desti- destination. They, they made a big splash. It didn't work out. What do, what do the Pistons do from here? 
Yeah, I think they're they're desperate to trade Drummond, but the fact that Drummond, because um, he was supposed to go to Atlanta. Atlanta really wanted Drummond, but the fact that Drummond, Drummond, Drummond values himself higher than other teams value him because he hadn't won shit. He's a fantasy stat stuffer, but that yep. doesn't accumulate wins, and that's what GMs are looking at. He has like a $29 million option, and even if he doesn't pick that option up, he wants this huge extension, so teams – they don't really want to commit that type of money to him. If he was just going to guarantee pick up the option, but if you trade for him, trade him to a place that he doesn't want to be, then he may not pick up the option. So you're not going to give a ton of assets to get him. Are you going to commit to signing him to the amount of money that he's telling, that his agent is saying that he wants? Do you believe in him? And at that point, how many teams even had the cap room? It was narrowed down to Atlanta, probably a team like Phoenix. Atlanta now has Clint Capella. They're out. The only option that I see is Phoenix. So what what are you, what are you gonna do? Otherwise, you're just gonna have to hope that he doesn't pick up that option. At least you get the cap room. But I I don't know where they go from here. I think Detroit is in purgatory. <laughs> I I don't like I don't like where they're at. Yeah, that, I mean I, I kind of look around the NBA and I see you know th- there's even even the Knicks. I see an avenue in which they can get better. You know, um, but the, I, as as I look around. The only team with no damn hope, it truly is Detroit. Um, <laughs> Charlotte, maybe. I mean, they can. Um, maybe Charlotte got young talent. They're rebuilding. They got they young got, talent. They got PJ Washington. They got Miles uh, Miles Bridges, Devontae got, Graham, uh, Terry yeah, Rozier. Graham, yeah. You know what I mean? Devontae they Graham. they have hope. They they showing they're showing signs. They're competitive. They're growing. They have a little bit of cap room to do something later. But when you look at you Detroit, look at the bottom dollars of the league right now, Golden State is going to be back next yeah. year. Okay, this is an this is they took the year off. Minnesota, I mean, they're kind of on that boat with Detroit, but they can they got trades to make. Um, Sacramento, they have talent. Uh, New Orleans is obviously New Orleans, and they, they you know they've got nothing but talent. The Suns, I mean, they you know they have talent. Out. It's just really putting the right mix together. But they yeah. have tradable pieces right now. Anybody Even will take at, a Mikael Bridges, Ubre, you yep. know. Even even Atlanta, who's trash, they, I, I see the plan. I see what they're doing. Cleveland, what they, whatever they're doing ain't working, but Cleveland has shown. I don't, the, know. The, I, don't, I don't know if Cleveland has an avenue out either. <laughs> I don't know, man. If, I mean, you kind of just got to hope that Colin Sexton makes a jump or, or Darius Garland or, I mean, hell, you, but you got two assets that you're going to get players back for or picks back for that don't want to be there anyway, Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson. So there's an avenue. Well, I mean, Tristan Thompson, you can get rid of Tristan. Tristan had a tradable contract. He's an undrafted free agent next year. You you can move him. I think Tristan does get moved by the trading deadline. They were talking about him going to the Wizards, especially with Thomas Bryant's injury with that stress yeah. fra- fracture. So I could see Tristan, but I'm telling you, man, there's not a lot of team anxious to take that three years, $90 million off of Love because Love doesn't it. always account to wins. But a vast majority of his career without LeBron, James Love been has been with losing franchise and he hasn't equated to wins. I agree with you, but I mean Kevin Love's still a really good player and there's not a lot of Kevin Loves out there. Shit, that's um, that's who um that's really who Houston should have got because if you want to just go fucking and go all all offense, then at least Kevin Love can play some center. You know what I right, mean? Exactly, and you know that he'll bust out you know a twenty twenty game every now and again, yeah. uh, a meaningful twenty twenty game. He, he can sit in the corner, he can spot up shoot, he has everything. Now I don't know if they, I don't know what they could have done to make that match. I doubt that Cleveland Cavaliers was looking to take on Clint Capella, so it probably didn't work. But if they could have got in to be a third or fourth team in there and give away some of those draft picks. At the end of the day, all these teams are trying to keep, keep draft picks. How fucking yep. young do you want to be? Like, yep. how young do you want to be realistically? Um, yep. Now, now when we talked a lot about Houston, but we didn't mention, they are trying to get a center. Um, last time I checked, they were in line for some center in the Eastern Conference. I can't think of a lot of teams. I'm guessing it's probably like a Daniel Theus, maybe a Christian Wood. It wasn't. It's not going to be like a huge name. It's just going to be somebody that can be a spot filler. I'm wondering if they're going after Daniel Theus or Christian Wood, though. I, I thought it was going to be in his canter, but it doesn't seem like Boston's willing to trade in his canter. So, um, yeah, there's not a whole lot of teams. I mean, Vucevic isn't going anywhere. There's not a whole lot of teams in the East unless they the, – the only team I could see that would surprise – wouldn't surprise me, but if if um, if Indiana decided to come off Miles Turner. Yeah, that ain't uh, happening. I don't think it's going to be a big because they can't observe money. Miles Turner just um, – now, I think that they can – 
I think they still have like 12 hours to add somebody to that trade, and it can be like a $12 million salary player. Uh, another player to watch, which could be sneaky, is Kelly Olenek or Miles Leonard. Because those two players are on a one-year contract, and I think they can absorb absorb them in the trade for that Clint Capella trade and squeeze them in. Those are two centers that's, that on a one-year deal Miami is looking to get rid of that could help them and could fit what they're trying to do. Both can hit threes and kind of can kind of guard centers. What are the odds that Miami tra- trades uh, three of their white players uh, <laughs> by tomorrow? Uh, uh, the, the only, only one, one they're going to keep is Duncan. Yeah, Duncan Robinson's not going anywhere. Hero's not going anywhere. Dragic, they've been trying to get rid of him for, it seems like, five years. So mm-hmm. this is the best chance they have to trade him. I just don't know where he goes to. I mean, I, I would think that he would fit for a team like the Lakers. I just don't know if they can absorb the salary because they would have to send salary back or get a third team to absorb the salary that um, they would need to get rid of to get a Dragic in there. Um, so I don't know where he would fit at. Maybe, yeah, I mean, I, don't, I just don't know where he, he could go. So I think yeah. I think Miami stays pat. I don't even think they need to trade Dragic because if they get an Iguodala, they're going to need scoring. And with um, Winslow and all those players hurt, they need to keep Dragic there to knock down threes, run the offense, and they don't need to make a lot of moves. I know it would be splashy to go get Drew Holiday, um, but you don't want to give up the assets that you need and you don't want to take on that money. Keep Jimmy. See what you can do to get Iguodala, move out J- James Johnson, Waiters, or whatever cap filler you're going to move Shit, out. If they could, if- if they could, if I were Miami, shit, I'd do whatever I could to get rid of Justice Winslow for for something. Like, I know Pat Riley loves Justice Winslow. Yeah, they're not doing it. I, but it's a different season, same story with this cat. This dude plays 25 games a year. But if, truthfully, and, Miami and, rolls that they only need him for 25 games. I mean, and, But he's an asset, though. That's still a, a guy that people around the league would covet. I mean, at the end of the day, Miami up, plays to pl- plays for the playoffs. So after the All-Star break, if Winslow can get healthy like he does all every time and he can play 20 to 25 games and be an asset in the playoffs is all they care about. But if you're trotting out there just as Winslow, Andre Iguodala, Bam, and um, Jimmy Butler, that's, that's a problem. massive defensive team, man. That's a lot of versatility of switching everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right, and I forgot shit. Kendrick Nunn at point guard, he plays defense oh, yeah. too. So that's yep. that's man, that's a massive defensive team. They can get and some. Nunn has been really good this year. Yeah, and, um, so and outside I mean, of Milwaukee, a lot of teams in the East have trouble scoring. You know what I mean? Has a lot of depth. Yeah, uh, you know, you just named a lot of in They got a lot of shooters coming off the bench in Hero and Duncan Robinson, um, Drogic obviously. Um, so. Miami, Miami is a sneaky team. I'm, again, their road work record is a little bit worrisome, but um, that's a team to watch. They, they seem like they are built for the playoffs. Yeah, that, that grind. Once they can just grind you down in the playoffs, I don't think any team's going to want to see them in the playoffs because even if you beat them, it's not going to be easy. They're going to wear you down. The the reports are that they're trying to get Gallinari as well. Um, I, I wonder what, what they would have to give OKC for that because OKC is looking to move somebody. Um, yeah, I mean, Gall- Gallinari fits in what they're trying to do um, just because he doesn't have that long-term salary that'll bog you down. I just don't know what o- what OKC wants. I mean, hell, they couldn't want draft picks. Gallinari, Gallinari's contract is going to fall off anyway, so it's not about cap relief. So I just don't know what they're willing to accept. What role player helps them get in the playoffs, uh, stay in the playoffs now? So it's they're I mean, they're, they're hard to judge. The, the thing with OKC is they have their their wings are an atrocity. I mean, yeah. bad. Um, they're not taking real. Deion Waiters back. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that ship is sailed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Miami's like, y'all want Deion? They're like, nah, no, no, no. Uh, we we surprised you took him. <laughs> yeah, we gave him y'all for a reason. We good. Um, all right, man. That's pretty much that's what I got. Anything else before we get out of here? Nah, man. What do you think? What do you think? I mean, we already had the Big Four team trade. Give me a prediction of what you think the biggest trade outside of that trade will be to Thursday. Man, you know this trade deadline to me has the makings of a, a very quiet deadline. All smoke, I, no fire. Yep. I I I would not be shocked if we don't see anything of consequence. Um, I think Iguodala gets moved. Um, you know, other than that, you know, I, I do think that Golden State trades Alec Burke and probably Glenn Robinson third. Um, Morris Twin, uh, which LA team he go to? Clippers or Lakers? I think he's gonna go to the Clippers. Okay, I, I think he ends up with the Clippers. So, um, so D'Lo doesn't get moved. 
Don't see it. Drummond? Don't see it. Ubre? Maybe, but but I I don't see it. I, I mean, guys like Drummond and guys like D'Lo, th- those don't those aren't trade deadline deals. Those just typically do not happen. Well, so. you got you got to trade him on the deadline because he's a free agent. If he doesn't pick up that option, uh, Whiteside does he? No, uh, I, I thought I'm sorry. You said Drummond. Drummond. Yeah. Drummond yeah. has an option. He may not pick it up. If he doesn't pick it up, then you're not gonna really trade him in the off season. Yeah, but if you're Detroit, I mean. So what? I mean, yeah, you, you'd like to get something for that asset, but, I mean, like I say, you're stuck anyway. Um, and, and you clearly can't get what you want or anything of consequence for Drummond. I, I don't think anybody around the league particularly wants Drummond. Man, they've been trying um, to – they've been not even quietly. They've been trying to trade for, Drummond for, two for like years. four years, I would say, yeah. shit, since he signed that contract. Um, so, you know, who so does, what? What, what does Minnesota do about their point guard situation? I mean, surely, surely rolling out Jared Culver is not the plan. I mean, I would think that they they make a play for somebody, even if it is Dennis Smith Jr. I don't think D'Lo's coming this year, you know, for this season. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess you just have to go after Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, there's not really a ton. I mean, point guards are at a premium right now. Uh, you know, the, the Clippers and the Lakers might actually kill one another for Darren Collison. <laughs> um, that, like, that's like Literally. Literally. <laughs> yeah, that's like a legitimate position of need for a lot of teams around the NBA right now, and there's not a lot of teams that are willing to give up good ones. So, you know, Dennis Smith Jr., I can see, and I hope that happens for him and his career, but I, I don't think this is going to be a big trade deadline. I know it was a couple years ago or last year or whatever it was, but I just I, I don't see a lot of moves that make sense because nobody has any damn money. I mean, I feel it. I just – I don't know why. I, just, I don't know if it's because the Suns are always making crazy moves. I just feel it in my gut that Andre Drummond will get traded to the Suns. I feel like Andre Drummond will get traded to the Suns. I don't know what the package is. I think it's going to be something like Kelly um, Kelly Oubre, um, Aaron Baines, maybe a Frank Kaminsky, some shit like that, and Kelly Oubre um, ends up being a Pistons and filling a small forward need. And Andre Drummond ends up with the Suns. I don't think that D'Lo gets traded. I just don't think there's any incentive for Golden State to trade D'Lo right now. They can make those same trades in the offseason. They actually want to see what Curry and D'Lo look like together. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and also there's this thing where if they wait until the offseason to trade D'Lo, then it actually helps their cap. Because right now they're hard cap, but if they get a, get rid of these contracts by the end of the year, then this summer they won't be hard cap, and they can take on more players that have more versatility of who they trade with and who they trade for. So I think that's another reason why they have this high price because there's no incentive for them to trade them now. I think right. Dennis Smith Jr. does end up in Minnesota. I think they use those first-round picks they got and give them to the Knicks. Marcus Morris, I think he ends up in the Clippers because the Lakers, I just don't see. But, you know, teams have a tendency to help the Lakers for no fucking reason at all. So I say Marcus Morris Much ends up with Greg the Lakers. Much to Popovich chagrin. Yeah, like Wizards step in and take like five players for no reason. You know what I mean? So, But you know what the crazy thing is? It's not that they help the Lakers. Lakers give up good players. Yeah, I Shit. mean, I, I, I should say that because I guess all the players that they send to the Wizards are working out for the Wizards. Bonga, Montrez Wagner, they got David Bertans from the Marcus Morris trade before, you know, so. I mean, think about D'Lo for Brooklyn, you know, all them cats in New Orleans right now. The Lakers. Thomas Bryant. Yeah, the Lakers have so much talent that they just give away for the hell of it. Svi, Svi that's on Detroit. Yep. So it's like, yeah, and the funny thing is, the Lakers don't think that that you're they're actually helping you when they do that trade. Oh, they, they think they're the getting line. over on you. Yep. Down the line, you're like, oh, thanks, shit, y'all gave us a whole new team. So generous. So. All right, man. Um, we'll get back to our series next week. Uh, we want to make sure that we keep doing our evolution of basketball series for you guys. Um, Again, go check out the Chad Burns podcast um, and check out our website, TwoSmartNetwork.com. That's it. That's all. Peace. Peace.